1: Thank you for tuning into the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. This is your host, Cody Mallory. I'm on Twitter, at RealCodyMallory. Once again, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Anthony Ditmar. On Twitter, that's at Anthony Ditmar underscore, and Joe Farrow. On Twitter, that is at
2: SwampDragonStan. How's it going, guys? What's good, bro? What's good, bro? Um, everything's good besides Nets basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's
1: a big besides. It's been a long time. I don't even know. I feel like it's been a year since the Nets have won a game. It's just uh, it's horrible. It's frustrating. They're keeping me up late to watch them lose. I don't know, man. I'm frustrated. Nets players are frustrated. Nets fans are frustrated. It's been brutal. But besides the Nets, how are you guys doing?
0: <laughs> uh, I'm doing okay. I mean, I'm still in first place, and I even widened my margin. Uh, with...
2: <laughs> yeah, but at what cost? The Nets have lost six games in a row.
0: I predicted, I, saying, I predicted five in a row. i was gonna say, Joe, you
1: sickened me out. <laughs> this man's thriving off the Nets losing. That's all I'm, the not I was I'm
0: not thriving. I'm not thriving. It pisses me off. But the one like good thing about it,
2: <laughs> he's hedging his happiness. It's like betting on your against your team. Yeah, exactly. I feel you, that would
1: have been a smart move by you, Joe. I tried to be the exact opposite, be optimistic, and man, has it burned me in the ass? <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Oh uh, wait! Totally I, I do want to bring up. I do want to bring up one thing. When I made my that predictions way. last episode, Cody said I am gonna pick win, win, win. <sighs> and I am coming for you next episode. I'm coming for you. That's what you said to me, and now you're three games behind me, bud.
2: Cody's in last again.
0: He's in yeah, last man, again. I,
2: so, I well, what, say, what like... else is
0: new?
1: But I would say you can't prove it, but like I'm pretty sure they record these and like they get posted somewhere, but I'm not sure. I haven't really ever listened to it, so I don't know if you got any proof.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, also, my Twitter handle has changed it's at the Joe Farrow now. No more swan. Okay, at the not the jo- real Joe Farrow, no, not the real. I'm not the real one, I'm just I'm gonna take one. I figure he's
2: a dollar store one.
0: Yeah, I'm great. Valuable. Great valuable. He's
2: Walmart, Joe Farrow.
0: Yeah, I'm great value, Joe Farrow. All right, well, what was the yeah, ad again one more time for me? The Joe Farrow. All right, I'll make sure I note that. When did you make the switch? I like it. I no, not I, I think it was a couple days ago. I sent it in our chat, but clearly Cody's too busy to read my messages, I guess.
2: I didn't read that either, to be honest. <laughs>
1: Bro, well, I mean anthony you gotta get some slack. He hasn't really discovered the whole Wi-Fi invention yet. So like I'm not surprised he didn't see it. He must have been out or something, but
0: <laughs> Yeah. I mean Cody, why don't you in your dress right now? <laughs> I wish I, <laughs> I wish the viewers knew the fiasco we just had to deal with with Anthony's Wi-Fi situation. <laughs>
2: We'll keep it. We'll keep it in house. We'll keep it in house.
1: In house, yeah. We'll keep the drafts in house. We'll keep Anthony's drafts. Uh, <laughs> both, both
0: Cody's friends and Chicago don't own any Wi-Fi, so.
2: <laughs> yeah. But shall we talk right, Mets? Back,
1: back to some Mets? I guess that's what we're supposed to do on this podcast. Um, for anyone that listened to our last episode, we discussed pretty much every possible trade moves the Nets could make, realistic, not realistic, et cetera. So we're not going to dive too much into that. Um, Like I said, last episode, we went in-depth on it. We're exactly one week away from the NBA trade deadline. I do just want to ask you guys, do you think there's any more urgency for Sean Marks to make a trade given how the Nets have been playing recently, like Anthony mentioned, losing six in a row? Or do you think he's kind of going to weather the storm wait for Kevin Durant to come back? Um, hopefully Joe Harris, if he ever comes back, but we'll get into that. I um, mean, just kind of write out this roster.
2: What are you guys' thoughts on that? Um, what do you think I will, will happen or do I think should happen?
1: I guess go Which both. Kind of what do you think you they should do and what do you think they will
2: ultimately end up doing? If they end up making a move, I think it's a minor one. Like if it's a trade, I'm saying it's like strictly trades. Right. I think it's like a Dennis Schroeder or like a, some guy for like a second round pick type of deal. 'Cause they really don't have assets to move. Um, like we mentioned, they had like like Brown and Carter and all these trades. But realistically, those guys aren't really valuable. So I don't know really who would want them. So I don't think there's a lot of moves to be made. I think the Nets would be active on the buyout market. But with like you're we're going into it a little later, but the Joe Harris thing's a little interesting now for what's all we'll talk, we'll talk when we get against the injury report, but that's my take right now.
0: Yeah, um, fair enough. I could agree. And also, now that you mentioned Dennis Schroeder, that I just clicked in my head. It didn't click last episode. Bruce is from Boston, and, like, he has to okay wherever he goes. So, if we do propose, like, a Bruce Brown for Dennis Schroeder deal, I could see Bruce agreeing to that if you wanted to go play home. Go I play
2: talked the- to my he- buddy who's a Celtics fan. He's I actually brought that trade off, but he's like, I love Bruce Brown. I was like, yeah, he's kind of in a down year. He's like, yeah, Dennis Schroeder has been awful. Like maybe he can help, and he's like, like really Marcus Smart's been playing amazing point Carson And when Scherter comes in, it's like a, a black hole on offense. So that's actually like a realistic trace. I thought it wasn't realistic to be honest when I brought it up as a joke. So maybe, like you said, the Boston factor could help.
0: Yeah, no, because in reality, that's that's where Bruce grew up. He's from Boston. He's a Boston guy. I could definitely see him. That might be a place that he okay's. But I honestly, I don't see the Nets making any moves. I think the biggest move for the Nets is everybody getting healthy. And it's the same story as last year. I mean, everybody got healthy and then it just derailed once we got to the playoffs. But I feel like you play the same, you play the hand that you've been dealt. And it's just like, you really, what really can the Nets do? They can't do much at this point. It would have to be a small move. And how much do these lateral moves really impact the team going forward that's just something that sean marks is going to have to figure out i i could see maybe a small deal but i really don't think anything major is going to happen
1: yeah i tend to i tend to agree do you guys think Claxon's moving or you think claxon's staying i think he's kind of the one name that's been constantly popping up that actually has some value on the nets i think he's staying.
2: um i think he stays but i'm open to trading him i'm not like where the team is at right now they need shooting I don't think center is a problem. I know Aldridge is banged up. I know Sharp has a non-COVID illness, but that's going to be too long. I don't know. I just think the Nets really need shooting if that means getting rid of a guy like that. that They're not going to retain the offseason. If I'm going to be completely honest, you have to do it. The problem is 83% of the Nets' salary I saw today is in their top four players, the big three and Joe Harris, and they played zero games together. So you have 17% of the roster to make up 11 slots. That's not really a lot considering all things considered you know what I mean
1: yeah no I, I agree but I guess it'll be something to keep an eye on um like I said we went into it in great depth so we can move on I want to really talk about the injury report <clears throat> oh. uh, particularly I want to talk to start with Joe Harris um his ankle situation has been incredibly unclear the entire time it's happened It's constantly changed. There haven't been updates. Like, we haven't really heard anything from the Nets, like the team. Um, Today, Brian Lewis reported that Joe Harris's agent said that Harris might need a second ankle surgery, which should fix the ankle problem for certain. And then they went on to say that they are not sure if they're going to have to go that route and that they should find out in the next week to two weeks. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Which... Obviously it's horrible, horrible news, but if he doesn't need it, is he gonna be playing injured? If he does get it, will he be back for the playoffs? So there's still a ton of uncertainty, bad news, and it doesn't get any better for the Mets.
2: Um, yeah, like I I kind of figured a report like this was gonna come out eventually. Did I think it would come out for a third party source again after we heard the Haynes thing about the second opinion? No, it's kind of sad the Nets can't give us like a straight answer. Like, it just, like, they put the injury report out, and that's it. and No one talks about it. Hush, hush. Like, I don't know what they gain from that. Like, they've always been shady with injuries since, like, this Sean Marks era, I guess. But, yeah, it doesn't sound good. That's why I was saying before, like, when we were talking about trades, if you, if there's no certainty, like, within the next week, I'm open to trading him. As much as it hurts, he's the last guy from, like, that feel-good group. Like, you need guys that can play on the court right now. If Sacramento calls me and says buddy heels or Joe Harris I'm taking that in a heartbeat right now just because you need bodies on the floor to, Joe Harris doesn't seem like a guy that's gonna be 100 percent this year or you're gonna get a lot of it or even you can be in the group. like you need to you're the best of winning games and that's your 1.5 teams up on the plane right now like 1.5
0: that's the thing to think about you this year. interesting analysis but you sound like you're from water right now <laughs> I said interesting analysis, Anthony. But you sound like you're underwater right now.
2: <laughs> um, were you able to hear what I said though?
0: I heard, I heard most of it. I heard, I heard most of it, but your your volume got real low. I think your hand was probably on your mic or something.
2: Yeah, sorry about that. So basically, like, if Sacramento ends up calling you, saying like a buddy type a deal, like I'm not opposed to it, just because you need a gotta play, and you don't like. There's no guarantee of next year, obviously, with James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Like it's very murky key right now and like if you could get a guaranteed guy playing versus a guy you're like worried about getting back on the court this year like what do you do like that's my the question i'm throwing out there would you guys
0: uh i mean it's just it's so difficult it really is like we thought we were like just a few weeks away from getting joe harris back and then and now he I'd say at this point it's likely he gets the second operation. Cause why would Joe Harris push that off and then possibly have to get that operation down the line when he could get the operation and still be back by the playoffs? Like, probably we st- we don't know how long he would be out if he gets the second surgery. So it's just like, it's another thing. Like my one friend, who's a Clipper fan, he's like, texts <laughs> me all the time. He's like, why are both of our teams so vague with injury reports? I'm <laughs> like, I'm like dude I really don't know. I I'm like maybe it's the cuz we have the two wealthiest owners in the league. I'm like it just doesn't make any sense. These guys don't want to disclose really anything. Like it's like for like Paul George they said he was out 6 to 8 weeks like 4 weeks ago and now they're saying oh yeah, he might not return this season. Like it it and then the Nets are the same way. It's just like Joe Harris like we we were told he's on the court shooting he's out of the boot he's making progress he's probably going to come back right after the all-star break and then boom now there's another surgery on the table for joe harris i think it's probably smarter for his sake just to get the the second operation if he needs it and solve the problem for good so just say he doesn't have to deal with it anymore down the line but you know i'm not going to tell the guy what to do with his body you know
1: but yeah so I, i mean my thing is i'm not a doctor obviously I don't know what's going on with Joe Anderson. I don't think any fan, truthfully, does. But I would think that if he had the operation now, if it would fix the injury for good, and he was to be back by the playoffs, why would they wait the two weeks to see what happens, is what I think. I feel like if that was an option, it was going to solve it. He'd be back by the playoffs. I feel like they would just do it now and get it over with. The fact that they're waiting concerns me that if he does have to get the operation, he won't be back for the playoffs. That's just my logic behind it, and it kind of concerns me even more. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, it's like, Joe Harris is after the year. Do you trade him?
1: I mean, I don't know what kind of value you would get from him, but if you don't trade him, you have to move someone, whether it's Claxton, whether you give up on Cam Thomas. But you, the Nets have to get another shooter. They can't just have Patty Mills because it's putting way too much strain on Patty Mills. And if Patty Mills has a bad shooting night, there's literally not another spot-up shooter on the Nets. I wouldn't really consider Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving a spot-up shooter. So they really don't have anyone that can do that role.
0: Yeah, that's the thing because it's like it's like if Joe Harris is out for the year and you do want to make a move, and say you do want to trade, like you do have the option to make a move and dealing one of your young guys, you're still not going to get much better because it's like their salaries are so little. It's so like you would have to combine, right. likely if you want to upgrade, you have to combine Joe Harris with Nick Claxton or with Cam Thomas to really upgrade. So it's just like, it's yeah. it, the Nets are in a giant clusterfuck capitalized. <laughs> and it's just like, what, like really, what can you do? You can't do anything. I mean, and if like, like, you would have probably have to package Joe Harris and Cam Thomas in order to get a real upgrade. And I don't even know who that upgrade is. Like, that's probably, like, $21 million in salary. But, like, there's – you don't right. – you know how the NBA works. The cap goes up, and then freaking Festus Azili ends up with $21 million somehow. It's just, like you – know, that was the first name that came to my head for some reason, but you know what i was.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just – it's a tough situation. Obviously – Hopefully Joe Harris comes back. He doesn't need the operation. That would be the best-case scenario. But who the hell knows what's going to happen? It's been. I feel like it's been, what, two months, three months since this original ankle injury started, and And we're still not sure. This is
0: our 14th game, I think, and we're on game 52 coming up.
1: Right, and we still don't have a clear timetable at all, which is just frustrating. Uh, Next injury, Kevin Durant, which – Another unclear uh, Steve Nash said, I think it was either last week or the week before, that they were going to reevaluate Kevin Durant in the upcoming week. I don't know if the team did, and there was just no update, but I don't know if you guys have seen anything, but I haven't seen anything on Kevin Durant. Um, I listened to part of his podcast on Boardroom, et cetera, uh, his podcast, and he did mention how he's getting back into the swing of things and said something along the lines of, we'll see about being out until the All-Star break. But once again, nothing from the team, which, I don't know, it just rubs me the wrong way that they don't let the fans know like what's going on with their players. I feel like it's kind of their job to let the fans know that, Yeah, and it's very frustrating that they don't.
0: I agree. It's like, how do you not provide an update on the best player in the league and his injury? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Any sense? Like, like the Joe Harris situation is one thing, right? Like Joe Harris is a role player on your team. Yes. He makes a lot of money, but he, at the end of the day, he's a role player on your team and his injury and his timetable has been uncertain. So yes, we haven't gotten an update. Kevin Durant, You said you're going to reevaluate him and you don't at least like give an update, like, yeah, KD's still on track to return after the timetable we originally set. Like, you can't even say that. Like, I mean, and KD, regardless, I think he's out through the all-star break. He'll probably come back like shortly after the all-star break is over if everything goes to plan. But I feel like why do you even rush to bring him back before the all-star break where he gets an extra week to recover and really get back in the game during the all-star break? Uh.
2: Yeah, I kind of agree with the, what your take, Joe. Like, I think, like, uh, like both up with both you guys, I guess. Like, the visibility from the Nets needs to be better, but definitely no All Star game. I don't know if he wants to play in it because, like, he hasn't played in it as a net yet. I don't know if that really matters to him. I prefer if he just sat it out for like his own sake. But I think it means that he's going to be on the shorter side. But don't forget, he's definitely going to need a ramp up. Like, your that word has just ingrained in my head at <sighs> this point. <part>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So hopefully Kevin Durant, I think he'll be back, like Joe said, and Anthony said very shortly after the All-Star break. And then we got another injury. We got Lamarcus Aldridge who went down. Uh, He was seen leaving the arena on crutches, which was revealed to be precautionary. He was putting weight on his ankle. He had an MRI once again. I don't know if you guys saw any update on the MRI, but I personally have not. Um, I guess the Nets are calling it an ankle sprain, and that's why he's ruled out for tomorrow. But once again, who really knows? Um, I don't know if you guys have seen anything. But like I said, I personally have not.
2: Yeah, more vagueness again. Like
0: move your hand.
2: I think they're on the precautionary side with Aldridge in his hand uh, at his ankle and everything. But to be honest, like who knows? It's like more vagueness.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, that's just one thing I don't get. It's like, how do you – like, these are three key guys on your team. Right. There are two of your starting five. Three, all three of your starting five. I was only – I was excluding KD from that. But three of your starting five, and you're not giving injury updates. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Right. Why well, even – why even release that he's going for an MRI if you're not going to then say what the MRI showed? Yeah.
0: It, doesn't, it really right. doesn't make any
1: sense. But, I mean, Aldridge, I think Aldridge has been the most underrated net this entire season, personally. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I think he's been tremendous and has really helped the Nets' offense, which surprisingly has struggled for a majority of the season. I mean, he gives a different look at center, so hopefully they get all three guys back soon because, as we all know, the Nets desperately need some
0: help. <laughs> yeah, but, much so, but... Uh... In terms of most underrated net, I'm still going with Patty Mills.
1: Patty Mills, that's fair. See, I I personally give Patty Mills a ton of credit. So, like, for me. like,
0: like (laughs) net fans in general do. But, like, I'm talking about, like, grand scheme NBA. There was a stat that came out yesterday. Patty Mills already has his career high in threes this season.
1: Yeah, the Nets, I can't remember what game it was, but one of the opposition's coaches within the last week said Patty, by like all statistics and all metrics, Patty Mills has been the best shooter in the NBA this year. I can't remember which coach said it, but this was with one of the opponents in the last week. So,
0: Yeah. Oh. But, Patty, imagine, I saw, I think it was Matt Brooks' tweet, imagine if Patty Mills signed with the Warriors. My God. I saw,
1: I saw that and like I had like, We're going through enough of a rough patch. I had some nightmares
0: from that tree. I I don't even want to think about that. I was like, oh, no. And credit credit to Matt Brooks also, I want to say, because at the beginning of the offseason, he made, like, this video about potential targets for the Nets. And Patty Mills was the first guy on his list. And I was like, there's no way Patty Mills ends up here. Like, how are we even going to afford him? And we ended up signing him on the MLE. I'm like, that is insane. And I'm like, he was on it from day one. So that's big credit to Matt Brooks.
1: Yeah, Patty Mills, they're incredible. But enough of negativity for now with the injuries. Um, Some all-star reserves were announced tonight. Obviously, Kevin Durant was captain for the East. We found that out earlier. But tonight we found out that James Harden, who many fans of the Nets have been very critical of, was just announced to his 10th straight All-Star appearance. Um, Overall, I think they got the All-Stars pretty spot on. I think the West, you could make an argument for DeJounte Murray, but the hard part is whenever you say someone should go in, obviously someone has to come out, and I really don't know who comes out of the West for that. And then I think Jarrett Allen or LaMelo Ball were the two biggest snubs in the East.
0: Yeah, your spot with all all three for me. I I, personally
1: don't think that Chris Middleton should have made the East, so that's who I would take out. And then hopefully either Allen or LaMelo Ball takes Kevin Durant's spot if he's unable to play, but that will be Commissioner Silver's decision.
0: You know, KD's not going to play in the All-Star game, and neither is Draymond Green. So I would assume Mm -hmm. that Murray gets in for the West. And I would also assume that Jared Allen gets in for the East. And I I, I also want to say like good on Fred Van Bleet, man his journey is insane and like congrats to coming an All Star that's that's really like awesome guy got guy got a ring guy got a bag now he's an All Star that's awesome
2: <laughs> about Ann Edwards though I think Ann Edwards is up there too
0: Anthony Edwards yeah and I think Lamelo Lamelo Anthony Edwards and Dejounte are probably like the big, like, four that, like, the next, like, the first four out as, like, like, I think all of them deserve it. There's just, you know, not enough. I
1: agree. And I'm going to be honest. I tweeted this out. I don't know if you guys saw it. But when they announced Darius Garland, I thought that James Harden was going to be the odd man out. Oh, no, they announced uh, Jimmy Butler, and then they went with Garland, kind of another guard. I was concerned that Harden wasn't going to get in. I don't know if that was just recent memory bias.
0: Cause I thought we all assumed that uh, there would at least be one center off the bench in the East. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. That's what I was
0: thinking. I was thinking the same thing. I was watching it and I'm just like, and when they got to the last one before they announced Fred VanVleet, I was like, okay, is this going to be Bam? Or is this going to be Jarrett? I'm like, it was like, I'm like, who are they even going to pick? But it ended up being Fred and good on him once again. But I think Jarrett definitely deserved it. it, it, it he's been balling this year. Also, with the reserves, when they announced it, did you notice how everybody that was announced, they were talking positively about, and they just reading off James Harden stats, lowest of his career, lowest of his career, lowest of, <laughs> lowest since his rookie year, lowest of his career. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, nothing but negative.
1: <laughs> Even when they announced him, they were like James Harden. Everyone else, they're like, oh, from the Phoenix Suns, yeah. Chris Paul, and I guess James Harden, they're like, James Harden. I was <laughs> like, oh, boy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was just like, oh, man, like, nobody's excited about this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. So, as we said, the Nets have lost six games in a row. Before we get into the three games that we have seen since we last spoke, Warriors, Suns, Kings, I just want to ask both of you guys kind of, what's your concern level? Um, I know we've asked this at frequent points throughout the season, but we're getting close to the finish line of the regular season, and the Nets are—I think—they're a game and a half out of the play-in tournament, which is shocking to even think about. Um, so, Joe, I'll start with you. Kind of, what's your overall concern level for where the Brooklyn Nets currently are?
0: I mean, I'm pretty confident that we're going to get our guys. Back. So it's like I'm not going to say I'm too concerned. But as this thing stands right now, the way like we are watching this team, it's just like at a 10, I'd probably put it at like a seven. Like, I feel like if we get our guys back, like when we have our guys, I feel like there is nobody in this league that can beat us in a seven game series. That's just my personal feeling. But I feel like it's just like a like a rerun of last year where it's just like all these guys are barely playing together. They're coming back right in time for the playoffs. And we get to the playoffs. We have a few good showings. Then we struggle. And then not, like hopefully nobody gets hurt again. But, like, my God. Like, if you, we watch that Boston series again, like, it's like the way we were playing in that series, it's like nobody's going to beat this team. But it's just like, man, like, the way the team's constructed right now, it's like I don't – I'm not a fan. Need more. People. Not a fan at all about that. But this is the this is the time where I go back to. I miss Jeff Green. This is just happens every single time. Yeah. Every time I think about what the, what can help the Nets right now, it's like man. Imagine like if we had last year with injuries turned off, and we have Spencer Dinwiddie and Jeff Green and Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Kevin Durant and like LaMarcus Aldridge at that point too. Like God. <laughs> But yeah, I'll put it at like a seven as of right now, just based off team construction, not based off yeah. the of our guys when healthy.
1: Anthony,
2: um, so all things considered, injuries, schedule, s- situations, I'm gonna go at a nine. I'm, I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm being a little pessimistic, but with the Kyrie uncertainty for playoffs and the rest of regular season, they said Adams is not really considering changing. Obviously, Kyrie's not considering. It seems like. He's going to – we're going to have to do this road home game thing for the playoffs too. Hopefully something changes, but that's very up in the air. You have the Joe Harrison certainty. Katie be back, but how far are we going to fall without him? The team's construction of shooting and just all things considered, like even if they get back all together by like mid-March, I'd say they'd be like pretty optimistic, get the full band back together. Like I don't even know if, like how long are they going to stay healthy for. <laughs> like it's insane. And James Harden like not playing – sometimes with effort not shooting well like yesterday it was four points two for 11 shooting six six turnovers and like did he even play defense in some possessions like like if you're gonna have that in a game where you've lost five in a row when is the like bubble gonna go off like where we need to turn this around it seems like it's more of the same like Joe said last year and it's kind of frustrating especially the uncertainty of the futures of James Harden and Kyrie Irving on the Nets Like, all things considered, I'm pretty worried about everything. I'm not trying to put the fear into people, but I'm also going to keep it real and not be like, oh, we're going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, my whole narrative all season has been when the Nets are healthy, no one will beat them. And the longer we go, it's been, what, basically 13 months since James Harden got traded to the Nets. And they've been fully healthy for maybe 15 to 20 games in over a year. Um, I think several role players have regressed from last season, whether it's Bruce Brown, Blake Griffith, et cetera. Obviously, who knows what's going on with Joe Harris. I think James Harden has regressed. That's not saying he's still not a great player, but he's not the player he was last year. Um, obviously, the Kyrie Irving situation so I'm also right up there with you, Anthony. I'm around an eight or a nine. So I think I'm a little more concerned with Joe. But at the end of the day, whenever Kevin Durant plays, I feel confident that the Nets are going to win. He just needs some sort of help to get the Nets there, I would say.
2: But that's a good take. In, it's really a take.
1: But in general, like I'm pretty concerned because I don't even know if Kevin Durant can solve all of these issues. Um But, I don't know. I think the East is a lot more talented than people are giving credit for. I'm still terribly afraid of the Milwaukee Bucks. I was afraid of them last year throughout the entire season. I said they were a bigger threat than Philadelphia, Miami, et cetera, through the entire season, and I kind of got shit for it. But just the way they're constructed with Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, they have some bigs, they're athletic Um, They're really a nightmare matchup for the Nets, in my opinion, when they're fully healthy, let alone when you have what the Nets currently are. So overall, I'm pretty concerned. But let's get into each game real quick. We'll start with the Warriors. Um, This was the most enjoyable Nets game I watched in a while. Um, Obviously, the Nets ended up losing, but Kyrie Irving was absolutely tremendous. He was by himself. As we all know, there was no Durant. And James Harden was ruled out. We found out about a hand injury that no one knew about. Once again, Nets not being transparent. But anyways, um, I thought the officiating down the stretch was pretty poor. Nets end up losing, despite Kyrie's greatness. One question. Do you think Nash should have challenged at the end of the game? Um, There was two fouls. One on Kessler Edwards, which I believe he should have challenged that one on Curry when he uh, dove in. And then there was a foul on Kyrie Irving before they inbounded the ball. Um, if you were Nash, would you have challenged either of those? Um, I don't know who wants am sorry, Anthony or Joe.
0: Oh, I'll go. Like, I mean, I don't understand why you don't. <laughs> like, isn't that what the – Yeah. Is? Like, that's literally what it's for. It's not like you're saving it for something else. It's late-game situation. Like, challenge the play. It's literally – you were right there. For, the win was in – like, in within grasp. And it's just like you don't challenge it. You let the bad call go. The last two-minute report did say that, like, if the Nets had challenged it, like, they would have won. And not won the game, but, like, the call would have been overturned. But Right. Play
1: Edwards foul collect. I believe the Kyrie one would not have been overturned from what that was yeah, saying yeah, from yeah. the report.
0: Yeah. The the one would have been overturned. But, like, like, what's the point of holding that challenge throughout the rest of the game? Like, why don't you take a shot on it at least? It doesn't make right. really sense. I agree.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It was very frustrating to see them lose that game. I thought Kessler-Edwards was tremendous, um, and the Nets' game plan pretty much shut down Curry and Clay Thompson until the end. I believe Curry and Thompson scored the final 17 points for the Warriors at the end of the game. But besides that, they were both pretty much getting shut down. Um, It was a heartbreaking loss. The Nets played really hard shorthanded. Kind of surprised everyone that they were even in the game. And then it really just sucks that they lost it at the end. I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to say about that game, but that's pretty much my overall takeaways for it.
2: Yeah, it was pretty brutal. Like, just like over the US said, it's just one of those games you wish you had back. And you, you're you proud of the guys who are fighting hard. At the end of the day, you got to start putting W's on the board. Yeah,
0: gotcha. Joe, you want to add anything or? Yeah, no, I'm ready to move on from the stretch of games
1: entirely. <laughs> I feel that. Let's quickly talk about the Suns. Um, ah, That game was literally – so, I don't know, man. Like, that was one of the worst officiated games I think I've ever seen in my life. And like, I'm not one dude. – I'm not one to usually playing the refs, but that would be bad. But just in general, the Suns are a completely well-oiled machine with Chris Paul and Devin Booker being in control. So – I don't know. Like you can't really be mad about the loss, but uh, I don't know. Once again, I don't really have much to say about these games in general. But I think yeah. we lost Anthony. I think he disconnected. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, this he lost his Wi-Fi probably again. I guess. <laughs> but no, it's just like I don't I don't know what to even say about that game. It's just like that team is so good. They are so good. They are so well rounded. Just, like, they have shooters literally everywhere. And it's, like, yeah. their team is just constructed so well. And, of course, I literally at the buzzer, we found out Crowder and Aiden are both going to play and start. Right. <laughs> and, like, just happened all at once. It was, it's like, it, yeah, I yeah, I mean, like, I'm just trying to say, like, everything just came crumbling down on the Nets that needed a break. And it's just, like, all at once. Yeah gross every questionable
2: player ever plays against the nets like <laughs> if the guy's out for two months like he's coming back <laughs> to play against the nets like every time like someone's not you not playing i just assume they're playing now and it constantly happens i just don't get it
0: yeah and i and i whenever that happens i assume that the person on the other team that's injured is trying to play is going to play and then we're going to rest james harden for no reason <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, my biggest take is the Nets and every other team in the NBA should strive to be like the Phoenix Suns, Uh which should come as no surprise, given that they are 41 and 10 after the loss tonight to the Hawks, but they just play such a good team basketball. I think a lot of credit needs to Chris Paul for that, and then Devin Booker is just an absolute assassin, and he's incredible. I think he got robbed from being a starter in the All-Star Game, personally, but that's a different discussion for a different day <laughs> all right let's move on to the kings um this is just embarrassing like i watched the first quarter and i saw that possession where james harden just didn't track his man to the corner and then literally the next possession james harden just simply didn't contest his man he just stood there both were made threes and i was like yep this game's going to be shit for the nets they're not going to try and i turned the game off and i went to bet because I was not staying up until almost one o'clock again. And sure enough, the Nets absolutely shit the bed in the second half. Um, James Harden, like Anthony said, two of 11, four points. Kyrie Irving did not shoot the ball. Well, Um, they wasted a great game by their role players. I do want to say, because the role players were incredible. Uh, Nick Claxton had 23 and 11. James Johnson was eight, 11 for the field for 18 points. And the Nets lost. So, another that this game was just embarrassing like like anthony said you've lost five in a row you're playing against the kings who have not been a good team this year you would hope there would have been some desperation some kind of like kick in the ass of we got to win and get going like this is a get get me going game and it just simply did not happen they scored 101 points against the kings who give up the third most points in the nba Pretty um, unacceptable in my opinion, but I won't rant. I'll let you guys take your take on this game before we move on to the upcoming two games to close out the weekend.
2: I cannot believe they lost that game. Like, it just that's a that's a disgusting loss. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much all I yeah. Joe, anything else or just forget about it, move just on, I don't game, want to talk about
0: it? Obviously, watching the game, like, I, I'm just like, okay, we have, like, a 10-point lead for the most part. It'll go down to four. Nets will bring it back up to 10. And I didn't even realize until, like, the fourth quarter how bad James Harden was playing. And then Kyrie <laughs> as well. I was like, Jesus. I look at the box score. I'm like, man, this is awful. But, no, that game stinks. We stink. So, that's it.
1: Uh, yeah, let's forget about it. Like you said, these games are brutal. Brutal to watch, brutal to think about, even more brutal to talk about and relive it. Um, so let's move on. Joe, so, as you said, you are in first for our little pick-me challenge, which means you get to go first tonight. Um, night, were you night, in first? Night. Were you first last episode, too? Yes. You were. That's what I thought. But uh, So we're going to pick the Utah Jazz on tomorrow, which is Friday, and then the Nuggets on Sunday.
0: Okay. Eight game losing streak for the Brooklyn Nets.
1: <laughs> God
0: damn, that hurts. That hurts to just even hear. Like, <laughs> uh, Anthony sucks, but that's what I'm going with.
2: I'm gonna go win. I oh know, lost win,
0: lost win. All right. I mean, I gotta
1: make some ground up, and I've been pretty negative this entire episode, just like last episode. So I'm gonna go win, win. Um, Donovan Mitchell will be back tomorrow Woj announced today of course Kind of follows the theme That Anthony said Every player returns against the Nets I actually think they said that Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett Were planning on coming out of retirement For Tuesday's game in Brooklyn
0: Against the
1: Celtics But I think Rudy Gobert being out Is huge for the Nets Who struggle against big. So I'm going to pick a win against the Jazz And then a win against the Nuggets Just because at some point Desperation has to kick in, where, like James Harden said, all they've been doing is talking. They actually have to play. So, hopefully, we see it in this ugliness. And let's give us a more upbeat episode at the beginning of next week, filing two Brooklyn Nets wins.
2: Hopefully, hopefully,
1: hopefully. Because I don't know, man. Like, this is the worst I've felt about the Nets in a while. And as all the Nets fans know, we've gone through some bullshit, but. I think that's where we're going to end today. Um, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Once again, this is the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Cody, Anthony, and Joe. Um, Let's go Nets. We need to get some wins. We can't endure this much longer.